1: was blind but now i see have you been transferred
0: from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light Don't answer that question too quickly. Have you been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light? And what does that mean? In practical terms, what does that mean for how you live now? Every day you are building the blocks in your life that will either mean you spend eternity Separate from God in hell, or you will be used as a servant of the Most High to bring praise and honor and glory to His name. This is not about you, not not essentially, it is about Jesus, it is about what Jesus came to this earth to accomplish. He came to deal with the devil, with darkness, with the kingdom of this earth, the rebellion. He came to do away with the kingdom of darkness. And as a part of that glorious work, the most kind and merciful thing God has ever done was allow his son to die on Calvary that the power of sin could be utterly broken in our lives and that we could be restored to his presence and in his image. So often, we're mistaken. We somehow think this is about us. Somehow we begin to feel entitled God owes us something. God does not owe us anything except destruction and judgment. We have brought the pain and anguish upon ourselves. And in his great mercy, he has made a way of deliverance for us. But these are not just words that I'm speaking. This is the reality of your life. This is what will happen to you. I come today to open the Word of God, to speak about these deep things of life and death. I'm going to, this week, walk with you through the last part of John, the 17th chapter, and then we are going to move, and I'm going to walk you through portions of Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8 Now Jesus came and gave to us the first part of his work He opened the way for each of us to be saved from our sin Never did Jesus die on Calvary to save us in our sin He came to save us from our sin. The work Jesus did at Calvary opened the door, opened the possibility for every human being. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, Jesus came to open the way for individual people to become the children of God. But this this thing is so big. He did not save the world. He did not redeem the physical world. But a day is coming. Yea, the day is very close when even this world is going to be redeemed by Jesus Christ, and everything in this world will come under his headship. And every person is going to have an opportunity to decide, will you live under the authority, the power, the mercy, the kindness, the great love, Of our Father in Heaven. And will you live. For others. Not for yourself. So we're going to look at this. I'm going to begin today in John the 17th chapter. John the 17th chapter. This is. The prayer of Jesus. Before arriving in the Garden of Gethsemane after the Passover dinner has finished. Now, did they listen as Jesus prayed this finally at the table before they sang a hymn? Or did they sing a hymn and then go out and on the way to the garden, was he praying this prayer? I don't know. The scriptures don't tell us. But this prayer is so incredibly filled with the love and mercy and kindness of God. Verse 17. He is praying that God will protect his people from the enemy. Not that he would take us out of the world, not now, but that he would protect us from the evil one. And then he says in verse 17, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. He's saying, "Hagiods are them. Make them holy. Make them holy. By the truth. By that which is correct. As you have sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself that they may too be truly sanctified. He's saying, I'm setting myself apart now to die on Calvary so that they too can be made holy, truly sanctified. He says, I'm sending them into the world in the same way that you sent me into the world. Now, I want you to hear very clearly what I'm going to say And then in the coming days we are going to flesh it out for exactly what it means. He's saying. You sent me into the world with a specific task. To die on Calvary. Now I'm sending them into the world. With a specific task. To announce that salvation and to act in such a manner as to demonstrate in love that they are my people and that I am who I say I am by the radical transformation of their lives no longer living as the world lives no longer loving what the world loves no longer engaging in the activities of the world he is separating his people from the world Now I know many of you think you can be a Christian and still walk in the way of the world. You cannot. You have been called out of the world not physically, spiritually. We still live in the world but there is an assignment for us. I like to in my flesh always think of things happening mechanically quickly nothing in the spiritual realm happens mechanically it is always organic God could just lift me up and take me to heaven but that's not how he wants to function with most of us he wants us to have time to live out here the new life in christ he wants us to minister in his name and he wants us to grow in holiness to be utterly sanctified and made righteous and then to grow in holiness One of the great sadnesses of my heart is seeing people that I love so filled with themselves, so filled with their own selfishness, so filled with their self-importance that they treat others with disrespect. They treat others as though they're there to serve them. Everything is about their interest, their arguments, their philosophy. Everything is about the contribution I'm going to make. It's about who I am. It's about what I want. It's about being treated fairly. It's about I'm the important one here. The gospel of Jesus calls us to lay all of that down and to become servants of Jesus in the world. This is what he's praying for. He says, My prayer is not for them alone, that is, for the disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us that the world may believe that you have sent me. The only way the world is going to believe that Jesus was sent by God is for his people to lay down their worldly lives, to sacrifice themselves for each other, to forget about themselves, and to live a life of joy and peace and holiness as they serve as they lift up the downtrodden as they leave all self-interest behind this is crucial this is the heart of it now I want to share with you a part of a story that I have shared many times on the air story of Reese Howells, just a portion of it. Now, the reason I've kept coming back to this is that it is so enticing to my heart. It is so earnestly desired in my heart that I should be so filled with the Holy Spirit, that I should be so separated from the world and brought into the fullness of Jesus. This is such an urgent cry in my heart that I've kept going back and I ask questions and I press this issue because what this young man went through, he was born, see if I can get the date, 1879 he was born. He was a a minor. tin miner. He went to America to get rich. And there he met a Jewish man in Pittsburgh. And there he learned the way of the cross and the price of following Jesus. So he returned home and took a job at the face of the coal mine, the hardest job in the coal mine. This young man in his 20s, earnestly desiring Jesus, the Welsh Revival is in full-blown power and beauty, and he is immediately caught up in this work with God. As he is with friends gone to a special meeting, the pastor asks a question, and I let this question resound In your ears today. Have you been quickened by Christ? Have you been raised up to sit with him. In heavenly places. Now in his heart. Reese answered. Yes I know I've been quickened. But I've not been raised up with Christ. To that place of power. And the moment he said that. He saw the glorified Lord. And he's asked a question. Would you like to sit with him in heavenly places? There is a place for you. And I saw myself raised up with him. I knew now what it meant to be glorified. I saw him as John did in Patmos, and I was dazzled like the Apostle Paul. The next morning, the pastor at this conference spoke about the Holy Spirit, describing him as a person, a person who has intelligence and love, a will of his own. And this person, the Holy Spirit, wants to come and live in a body, your body. As he was listening, the Holy Spirit appeared to him, And he said, Will you give me your body? This meeting with the Holy Spirit was just as real to Reese Howells as his meeting with his Savior those years before in Pittsburgh. I saw him as a person apart from flesh and blood. And he said to me, As the Savior had a body, so I dwell in the cleansed temple of the believer. I am a person. I am God. I am come to ask you to give your body to me. That I may work through it. I need a body for my temple. Look at 1 Corinthians. Chapter 6. Verse 19. You are bought at a price. You are not your own. The Holy Spirit is looking for men and women today who will be willing to move out of their bodies. Now, I just said something that sounds crazy to some of you. How can I move out of my body? By allowing yourself to be transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. I'm going to be very specific now in how this happens. Reese writes, there were many things very dear to me and I knew he wouldn't keep one of them. The challenge for him to come and indwell me meant that every bit of my fallen nature had to go to the cross. And he would bring into me his own nature, his own life. He was asking for an unconditional surrender. Have you made yet that unconditional surrender to Jesus that would allow him to transfer you fully and completely from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light? And are you willing to allow him to do that with you? Now, we're going to talk a lot in the coming days about self-interest. Self-interest is what blocks the way of the Holy Spirit taking over your life. He wants us to have the interest of heaven. He wants us to have the interest of Jesus. Not the interest of darkness not the demonic interest, not the selfish interest, not the superior feeling of, I'm better than other people. No, he wants us to be emptied out of all pride, all arrogance, all self-will. He calls for unconditional surrender. Now, from that meeting between Reese and the Holy Spirit. Reese left the meeting. He went out into a field and he began to cry. This is a strong coal miner in his 20s. And he weeps. He cries his heart out. He said, I have received a sentence of death as surely as a prisoner before the court. I had lived in my body for twenty-six years. Could I easily give it up? Who would give up his life to another in an hour? Why does a man struggle when death comes, if it's so easy to die? I knew that the only place fit for the old nature was on the cross. Paul makes that very plain in Romans 6. And we are going to go there this week. But once this sacrifice is made, once this unconditional surrender is made, it's made forever. We can choose to go back on it, but it is not necessary That any of us should rebuild what the Holy Spirit has created in us. Not only that day did Reese weep, but he wept for days. He began to lose weight, seven pounds. He saw what God was offering him and the glory, the glory of belonging entirely and completely to Jesus. And let me say this. I know that many of you listening to this broadcast today do not know what it means to be unconditionally surrendered to Jesus. And we're going to be very specific about what that means. I don't want misunderstanding to prevent you from making that choice to unconditionally surrender to Jesus. This is not some sentimental choice. This is a decision that will affect every action you will take from that point forward. It will influence how you do your job at work. It will influence how you relate to your husband or to your wife. It literally means you will lay your life down for Jesus Christ and for others. Now as Reese struggled with this decision, he was reminded that he had in fact made the promise to God that he would surrender everything to Jesus, but he had never done it. Not in reality. Many of you listening to this broadcast today have said, Jesus, I belong to you. I surrender to you. But then you've never done it. You may not know how. But you've never done it. Salvation will not come to those who say, I surrender everything and then don't do it. We are saved by faith in Jesus Christ but we are judged by our actions in the final judgment. In other words, there is a coming into Jesus Christ and then allowing him to move in actions in our lives. And if we refuse to allow what we mentally assent to, if we refuse to let that flow into what we do, We are lost. Well, it took Reese five days to make this decision. The decision that he would allow the Holy Spirit to begin to come into his life. Now, I want to be clear with you it is not by works. There are works, but Jesus does not come in by works. He died for you. He wants you to die in him. He wants to take over. It wasn't outward sin that Reese had to deal with because he no longer walked in any known sin. Please understand, What I just said is the normal life of the Christian. A normal life for a Christian is not walking in any outward sin. It's not walking in fornication. It's not walking in uncleanness. It's not walking in bitterness and anger. It's not walking in any selfishness of heart. It's not walking out. No, these things that must be changed, that Jesus could come and dwell in us, these are inner issues. It's self-interest at the core. But Reese knew he had to be cleansed. He said, I saw there was as much difference between the Holy Spirit and myself as between light, and darkness nothing he says is more real to me than the process i went through for the next entire week the holy spirit went on dealing with me exposing the root of my nature which was self and you can only get out of a thing what is in its root sin was canceled and it wasn't sin in the outward sense he was dealing with, it was self, that thing which came from the fall. The Holy Spirit wants to deal with you. Are you willing to unconditionally surrender to Him today, right now? Will you, will you say that to Him right now? Jesus, I unconditionally surrender to you right now. My life is your life. I cancel all ownership of my life. And I ask now, Holy Spirit, that you would come and expose every area of darkness in my heart, that you would come and expose everything in my heart that stands against you, Jesus. Would you pray that? I pray that. The Holy Spirit has to come and deal to the very bottom of our pride, of our arrogance, of our harshness. He writes. He was not going to take a superficial surrender. He put his finger on each part of my self-life, and I had to decide in cold blood. He could never take anything away until I gave my consent. Then the moment I gave it, some purging took place. Isaiah 6, verses 5 through 7 and I could never touch that thing again. It was done. It was not saying I was purged and the still thing still having a hold on me. No, it was a breaking and the Holy Spirit taking control. Day by day, the dealing went on. He was coming in as God, and I had lived as a man. And what is permissible to an ordinary man, he told me, would not be permissible for me any longer. See, once you pray, you renounce your life, and you give Him total authority and total control over it, then He begins to come in and take that. Now, the first thing the Holy Spirit had to dealt with was his love of money. It had taken, that love of money had taken Reese Howells to America. And the Lord told him he would take out of his nature all taste for money and any ambition for the ownership of money. Now, Reese had to carefully consider what that would mean. It meant money would be no more to me than it was to John the Baptist or to the Savior. And to an extent, this was dealt with at my new birth. But now the Holy Spirit was getting at the root. The dealing on that lasted a whole day. And by the evening, Reese says his attitude toward money had entirely changed. The Holy Spirit wants to begin coming into your life and He wants to begin to expose in your heart the things that are blocking Him from taking total control of your life. Remember what I read in John 17. It's the desire of Jesus to come and dwell in us for the Father and for the Holy Spirit to come and dwell in us. Look, can I say this? I'm shy of saying it, but I need to. From the very beginning, when God, in His great mercy through His Son, Jesus, created us in the beginning, God, as He created us, He created us for fellowship, for love with Him, he had all of the angels. He had the heavenly beings. But God wanted something more intimate with him. And he made man. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit love us beyond anything we could even begin to imagine. And it's out of that great love God has for us, not that we are deserving of it, we are not. Not that we are entitled to it, for we are not. But in His great mercy to us, He now wants to send to us the Holy Spirit to deal to the very bottom. That there will be an absolute, an absolute surrender to Him. That we would belong to Him. That He would belong to us. Do you understand? Now, I'm going to get controversial, please. But I challenge you go for yourself and read the Scriptures. The reason there's such misunderstanding is because very few people today read the Word, and I urge you, go read the Scriptures. But we are told very plainly in chapter 19 and chapter 20, 21, we are told very plainly in the book of Revelation That God, in His great majesty and glory, will send Jesus and He will destroy the army that rises up against Him. One day, the sun is not going to shine, one day, the moon is not going to give its light. One day the stars are going to fall from heaven and the earth is going to be in pitch black and then suddenly across that dark pitch black sky, I don't know how long, a week, I don't know, but the whole world will be terrified for the sun will no longer give forth its light and the moon will no longer shine and according to... Book of Revelation, the day is coming when that sky is going to be split open like lightning from east to the west. And it will be Jesus coming on that white horse with his army from heaven coming behind him. And with one word, out of the mouth of Jesus, the entire army that has gathered against him will be destroyed and all of God's people will be gathered from the east and the west the north and the south even those that died on the Titanic who were Christians who loved the appearing of Jesus we will be gathered from the ends of the earth and the depths of the sea we will be gathered to Jesus and he will establish his kingdom upon this earth And for 1,000 years, those who have been unconditionally surrendered to Jesus will rule and reign with him. And then will come the release of Satan from from the prison as he deceives the nations and they rise up against Lord Jesus and with a word out of his mouth he will destroy them, and Satan, that great serpent, will be captured and thrown into the lake of fire, where the false prophet and the Antichrist, the beast, have already been thrown. They'd been there for a thousand years, and now Satan will be cast in to be tormented forever and ever. Such glorious truth. This thing is so huge. It is so big. But right now. Right now the focus is still. God is trying to win you. To unconditional surrender. That he could come in. And fill you with his glory. And with his might. That you would believe his word. That you would turn your televisions off. That you would turn aside from your internet. That you would focus on reading the word of God. And the Holy Spirit would come and begin to deal honestly. With your love for money. With your love for money. And as he comes in and exposes that you surrender it to the Holy Spirit and he takes it. He was also shown that he would never have the right to make his own home. That he could not of his own volition give his life to another person. Could Jesus give his life and attention to one person instead of to a lost world? causes great sorrow when a man gives his life utterly to Jesus and then finds that his wife will not do that, that instead she has her own agenda, her own pride, her own accusations and judgments. The Holy Spirit calls us to put our home on the altar, Are you willing to do that? Then he moves on. Among other things that were dealt with was ambition. How could he have any if the Holy Spirit came in? The way the Lord showed it to me was like this. Supposing there was a mission in town and another mission opened in the same place. If there was jealousy between the two and it was better for the town to only have one than it would be. It would be Reese's which would have to close. Or suppose that he and another man should apply for the same job. He would have to let the other man have it if he had a family and needed the money. In other words, he saw the Holy Spirit taking the place of the other and suffering instead of him. Was he willing to give, to care for another person and suffer himself the loss? Reese was thinking of men of the Bible who were full of the Holy Spirit. He thought of John the Baptist. And the Lord said to him, that I may live through you the kind of life I live through him. A Nazarite clothed in camel's hair, living in a desert, even in this or what might be a modern equivalent, a real decision had to be made. If I live my life in you and that is the kind of life I choose, you will not stop me, was the Lord's word on it. As the Savior was despised, he must be willing likewise to be despised. By Friday night, each point had been faced, and he knew exactly what he was offered. It was a choice between the world and eternity. The Spirit summed the issue up for him. On no account will I allow you to cherish a a single thought of self. And the life I will live in you will be 100% for others. You will never be able to save yourself any more than the Savior could when he was on the earth. Now, are you willing? And race was to give his final answer. Are you willing to give up? your ambition to be somebody? Are you willing to give up even wanting to be somebody for Jesus? We're tempted to think, oh, I have these talents, I have these abilities, I've got to go out in the world and make a place for myself. Then if that is what you choose to do, You can dress it up in Christian clothes, but it's not going to get you the eternal city. You're going to lose out. Reese was being confronted with what it would mean to be utterly given to Jesus. It would mean I don't have the right to work where I want to work. I don't have the right to do what I want to do. I face that right now. I have the ability to make decisions that would make my life much easier in certain areas. But the Holy Spirit has said, wait upon me. And so, at great inconvenience, (laughs) if there is such a thing in Jesus... I wait on him. I wait on him. He said, wait on me. Wait on the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. Yes, sir. That means my ambition has no place. I recognize I'm getting older. In September, I will celebrate 50 years of pastoral teaching and ministering. But I am very much like Moses, who herded sheep in the desert for 50 years, and at the end of 50 years, he didn't even own one lamb. <laughs> Not even one! and then God came in a fiery bush what if God had not come in that fiery bush would that have been okay yes yes a thousand times yes because Moses turned away from the riches of Egypt because he saw he saw eternity he saw heaven So even if God had not called him to lead the children of Israel out, and he had been a totally unknown man. Doing exactly what God told him to do. Unsung, unknown. From the world's perspective, a total waste of talent. Praise God for men and women who are willing to be unsung heroes, who will simply wait upon the Lord. Will you be one of those unsung heroes? He says, Tonight at 6 o'clock, I will take your decision. And remember, you must go out, and on no account will I allow you to bring in a cross-current. Where I send you, you will go, and what I say to you, you will do. It was the final battle of the will. I asked him for more time, but he said, you will not have a minute after six o'clock. When I heard that, it was exactly as if a wild beast was roused in me. You gave me free will, I answered, and now you force me to give it up. I don't force you, he replied. But for three years, have you not been saying that you are not your own, that you wanted to give your life back to the Savior as completely as he gave his to you? I climbed down in a second. The way I'd said it was an insult to the Trinity. I'm sorry, I told him. I didn't mean what I said. "'You're not forced to give up your will,' he said. "'But at six o'clock I will take your decision. "'After that you will never get another chance. "'It was my last offer, my last chance. "'I saw that throne and all my future for eternity going. "'I said, please forgive me. "'I want to do it.' "'Once more the question came. "'Are you willing?' "'It was ten minutes to six. I wanted to do it, but I could not. Your mind is keen when you are tested, and in a flash it came to me. How can self be willing to give up self? Five to six. I was afraid of those last five minutes. I could count the ticking of the clock, and the Spirit spoke again if you can be willing. Would you like me to help you? Are you willing to be made willing? It was one minute to six. I bowed my head and I said, Lord, I am willing. Within an hour, the third person of the Godhead had come in. He gave Rhys the word in Hebrews ten nineteen, having therefore boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Immediately said Reese, I was transported into another realm within the sacred veil. Where the Father, the Savior, the Holy Ghost live, there I heard God speaking to me. I've lived there ever since. When the Holy Ghost enters, He comes in to abide forever. To the blood be the glory. I'm sharing with you out of the book, Reese Howells, Intercessor. Have you made the decision to be transferred by the Holy Spirit from the kingdom of darkness, from the kingdom of self, to the kingdom of God? Are you willing unconditionally to lay down your life? Many people want to talk about the unconditional love of God. I want to talk about the unconditional surrender to God. have you made that decision will you allow the Holy Spirit to begin that process of depth of deep going to deep to transform you into a person that he can use for this work for the kingdom oh Lord I pray for each person listening to this broadcast I pray Lord that you will come and make real the offer to be unconditionally transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light and filled by your Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I love so much those of you who pray for me. Please pray for me. I pray for you. And thank you for each of you who has so generously given to this ministry. Go to my webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. I'd love to hear from you. God bless you i talk to you soon.
1: Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory.